Hey, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast like I did? I, I thought I was crazy and I just did it. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on all the apps and, and get people to listen? And, and how do I make money from it? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Crazy, right? I love Anchor. It's easy and you should use it too. So if you always wanted to do your own podcast and start making money, go to anchor.fm backslash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Thanks. Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. And my guest today is the embodiment of all that and more. I am super pumped to have Bobby Umar on the show. He is a brand marketer, an aerospace design engineer, a professional comedic actor, and I'll judge that as well, and a teacher of branding and just being awesome overall. And these are just some of the diverse roles that Bobby has explored to find his true purpose. Now he leads Realian to help Gen Y and Gen X leaders find their passions. Bobby is a serial entrepreneur, a motivational speaker on leadership, connection, personal branding, and career development. And he is a prolific five-time TEDx speaker and is a leading social media influencer. Bobby's dedicated to causes embracing youth and diversity, two causes which I am greatly behind. He is a proud father. And he just loves playing Ultimate Frisbee and Settlers of Catan, which I have never, ever played. He predicts the Oscars, which we'll maybe touch on a little bit, and remembers the lyrics to every 80s TV show theme song. Quick question, which one is your favorite? Hmm, I'd say uh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains, nice one. That's, that's definitely a good one. And he has never lost a thumb war ever, and next time I see Bobby in person, I am going to challenge him. He has also authored three books and recently named a top seven networking guru to follow by Inc. Magazine. And they named him one of the top 100 leadership speakers. I am a huge fan of Bobby. Um, we connected uh, probably about a couple of weeks ago via Allison Fisher, someone who I hold in, in great regard. She's just another tremendous, authentic connection that I made here on LinkedIn. She's also made a lot of connections through me. She is a conduit as well. And I told her I've been following Bobby for a bit. And I'd love to have him on the show. And she connected the dots, made that happen. We had a great talk. And here we are today. He's a true influencer who is always adding value. And I'm honored to have him on the show today. Bobby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Excited to be here. Awesome. Good stuff. So why don't we jump right in? And if you wouldn't mind giving my tribe a little bit of background on your origin story. And, and I know I mentioned a lot of it there, but how did you get from where you were to where we are today? Yeah, so basically I was a lost leader and I followed different paths of, of my career. So I was an engineer and then I went into brand marketing. I did some teaching and performing arts. And afterwards I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm feeling a little bit stuck and lost. So I built my personal brand, 
And I came up with the idea that, you know, the best thing for me based on all my brand assets and values was becoming a professional speaker. So I decided to become a professional speaker and I started speaking all around the world on topics like leadership, personal branding, networking, uh, thought leadership, entrepreneurship, all that kind of stuff. And it's been really great. And now I, I'm going to speak at coaching as well, where I coach speakers, how to get TED Talks, how to build a system for getting speaking. But for the most part, uh, speaking is the main thing I've been doing. And uh, I, I love it. And in, in that process, I'm able to, you know, leverage social media because I now have half a million followers and I do a daily broadcast. And I have all this content on my YouTube channel and whatnot. So for me, creating content is very easy. I've been speaking and coaching people for many, many years. And I love what I do. So that journey really came from, you know, not fitting in and then, and also not really taking the time to understand what my brand was. But then once I finally, you know, left and worked on my brand within three to six months, I came up with a path that actually has been fulfilling for the last 14 years. And I haven't looked back and I'm always looking in present and forward and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I love it. And thank you so much for, for, for sharing your story. And I think it's uh, inspired a lot of people. And I've been following you a bit and, and you keep talking about passion. And that's something that we keep hitting home on. So what, what is your advice for people who are really struggling, not just to find their passion, but I think even more importantly, once you find that passion to do something meaningful with it? Well, I think the big thing that people need to do is, is take the time to understand that, uh, you know, diving their personal brand is going to actually help them find more alignment, more clarity, more purpose. And in doing so, you will actually have more, more impact and in the, in the results that you want for your life, whether it's a career-based uh, path or whether it's an entrepreneurship-based path, but really take the time to do that. The second thing to keep in mind, too, is a lot of people get stuck in the narrative, right? So they, they create narratives for themselves that makes them feel comfortable. Like, well, you know, I hate my job, but thank goodness for my wife and kids. Or, right. you know, I love my job, but too bad life at home. It's really terrible. Or, hate my hate my wife and kids, hate my job, but thank goodness for hot yoga. They make excuses. Me. Yeah, they create these narratives that make them stuck and then they're too afraid to actually, you know, challenge that because because of all the fear and doubt of the unknown. But ultimately, you know, do you really want to stay in this desk or this job for the next 50 years? I mean, if you think about that, what do you really want to do? What kind of legacy do you want to have? And if you think about those questions more deeply and more thoughtfully and more long-term-ish, you're going to start to realize that, you know what, there's more to life than just being in this one thing that you're doing. And so right. you're going to start to realize that, I want to spend more time finding more alignment, more meaning, more fulfillment, and more focus. And so that's why I think then you get the next step where you start building your personal brand. So for me, that, those, are, those are two critical steps. Acknowledge the fact that you are, what narratives you do have, and you might be stuck, or what you are feeling in the present moment. And then number two, then taking the steps to get out there and work on your brand, work with a coach, and try to take your career or your path to right. a greater level of fulfillment. Right. Yeah. You have to take that initiative. And one of the pieces that you talk about is, is the quote, why statement. Um, if you wouldn't mind just enlightening, you know, my listeners here on what the why statement is, and maybe you can share what your why statement is. Sure. So a why statement is basically this thing called, uh, started by Simon Sinek called Start With The Why. And the idea is that the why statement is actually an incredible driver. It actually tells you why you exist, what, what's your reason for being. It talks about the catalyst for your work. It talks about the, uh, the pain point that the people you serve and how they feel. And that's why it's such a great lightning rod for you and your business. So I'll give you an example of mine. My why statement, statement is there are lost, stuck, and unfulfilled leaders everywhere. And what that means is everywhere I go, I meet people who are lost in their career, stuck in their jobs, unfulfilled in their relationships. And my message to them is that it's okay to feel lost. It's not okay to do nothing about it. So, you know, let's figure out a way to create a path of greater fulfillment, greater impact, and greater results. And so, uh, for me, everything I do from my coaching to my speaking to my blogs, to everything I'm doing, it all fits with that Y-Steven. That's why Y-Steven is so powerful because it's such Love a it. great focus for what you're doing. And, and for me personally, 
it fits in my business, but it also fits in my personal life because, you know, my kids sometimes feel lost or stuff. My family and my friends feel lost or stuff. And I help them just like I do as a professional when I'm helping people. Yeah, I, I love it. And I think that's that's something I would challenge everybody is to find their why statement. I think I'm going to work on mine as well and really help um, refine and define it. So in your first TEDx in 2011, you know, it was called the five C's of communication. You said, quote, tell them the what and the so what. What does that mean? Well, I think a lot of people um, talk about, well, it's called the five C's of connection, just to clarify. And um, Sorry, connection. Yeah. And the idea of, you know, a lot of people, they just tell us, like, so they share on social media and they say the what, or they'll make a statement about something. But if you want to create great value around content, your expertise, what you're talking about, give people a so what. That's what they're looking for. That's where the value comes in from you. If I say, well, we grew 10% last year. So what? So like, what, what, does does that, what does that mean? Because we have, if, last, if last month it was 50%, then it sucks. If last month was negative 10%, then it's great. Uh, you know, you have to give your context and perspective. And so when you do that as a professional, you're creating way more value than just saying the what. That's why you say, here's the what and here's the so what. Awesome. That's fantastic. And I also love how you spoke about, quote, you know, powerful connection and, and to be brave. And like you, you know, I've built my career on authentic, powerful connections and I've networked with purpose. And I think that's something that I implore to everybody. It's not just spray and pray and try to connect with as many and you know it's one of those things when i look on linkedin and people are just humble bragging about hitting thirty thousand connections i'd rather have 500 meaningful connections that that add value um so how how could people improve their connections and their networking both online and offline well if you talk about uh connecting online i mean one of the things to keep in mind is yeah if you create you know what is your overall objective in terms of creating connections i mean you talked about 500 other people have thirty thousand. You know, is your objective to get a certain number? Make sure you know what that is and what it's for. Who are these people you're targeting? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, how can you provide value to those people? Uh, what do these people want from you? So when it comes to your online content marketing strategy, you need to understand who your audience is and how you can best serve them with the greatest value you can and then start delivering that, con- that, that value through your content and also your outreach. So, you know, you can network with, let's say, 10 people per day on LinkedIn or you can network with, you know, 10 people at every conference you go to and try to make, connections start build your network. I mean, having that plan and that purpose and that target is going to be really key for you to, to build it online. And that same philosophy uh, works uh, offline too, in terms of live. I mean, when you go to events, you know, how, what type of people are you looking to connect with? What type of support network do you want? What, what type of, you know, question network do you want? What type of advisory board do you want? You need to go out there and meet people uh, in, in that, in that area. I mean, one of the reasons why, you know, I'm talking to uh, Claude, Claude Silver is because, you know, she, be a fantastic person to be a, a part of my advisory board because she's yeah, a really great connection. And so I'm investing in that relationship because it's going to be, it's going to be a huge value add for me. So in, when it comes to your, your live connections, you have to think about what are you going to be, what do you, what is your main objective to build this and then, and then take the tactics to get out there and do it. And the tactics really are quite right. simple, which is get out there, be authentic, ask for what you want, be, be honest about what you need. And, you know, and, you, and be concise about asking for that thing. And eventually, with enough effort, enough polite, persistent professionalism, you will get people who will respond to you. You just drop your three Ps. And those are my three Ps that I talk about all the, all the time when it comes to networking is patient, polite, persistence, or okay. persistent, polite, patience, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, so switching gears a little bit in, in, in learning to fail. You know, I, I failed big time in my career. And at the time, I, I did handle it well, and, and I pivoted. You know, we've had the discussion in my career journey. Um, and looking back on it, you know, it was a huge development for me. Um, you know, in your 2013 TEDx, you know, you spoke about this. Let's unpack that a little bit and talk a little bit about learning to fail. 
Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that succeed so often and they don't even know how to fail that when they finally do fail, they crash and burn big time. And so one of, one of my big advice pieces I made in my that tennis talk was like, not only learn to fail, but look for opportunities to fail because you need to practice. I mean, when you think about it, when you learn how to- Interesting speak, concept. The first thing they do is they teach you how to fall first, right? Because it's going to happen. You don't want to kill yourself and hit, hit a tree or something, right? So they teach you how to fall in a way that is safer. So I'm a big believer in you know failing forward and learning to fail and look to fail so that you can actually build the skill sets and the support network to help you when those things do happen. So, and I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. They don't take the time to think about that. Secondly, a lot of corporate environments in particular don't support the idea for you know failing. I mean, they want to execute. I mean, we, we have to we have to hit our target. We have to hit a result. And there's no no room for failure. And I think it's a gray area though. Sure, but it's it's important to have the the support to and the opportunity to, to fail if, to learn as much as you possibly can so you can grow even better and bigger. So for me, uh, you know, I think a lot of people need to think about okay, what's what's something I could take on that uh, where there's an aspect of failing. That's actually gonna and that the, the, and also the other thing I'm saying is the aspect of failing provides far more excitement and energy for what you're, the work you're working you're, you're doing because there's a little bit of like this excitement factor. Like, oh well, you know, there's a great impact and risk and reward that's going on that's gonna really create uh, pro- profound achievement right. as well as a sense of you know, having done something. And, and I think there's certain cultures that, that allow for a, a, a fail safe or a safe to fail environment where it's okay to take challenges and they wanna push you and, it, and it's okay to make mistakes. Yes, there are like certain industries and certain things where you know, a little margin could cause, cause a big you know, situation but we're not really talking about that. We're also talking about life. That it's okay to take chances and put it out yeah. there. So speaking of taking chances, you know, something that I am really venturing into in the near future is public speaking. I've done a little bit of it. I'm about to put myself out there and, and, and try to get on some major conferences. But tell us, like, you know, you have a tremendous public speaking career, you know, five times TEDx and, and, and a whole bunch of other cool things. But how did you get into, it, get into public speaking? And what advice would you give for someone who's looking to get into it and find well, those opportunities? Yeah, I mean, when I first got into public speaking, I mean, again, the first thing I did was I dove into my personal brand and to figure out what was the best thing for me. So I found out certain things in the line, like uh, Bobby likes people, he likes to nurture, perform, present, influence, persuade. And so those things fit really well with my speaking stuff. Uh, and when I, and then the other thing that happened was over the years, I was giving clues that I wasn't listening to. So many, many years ago, uh, a professional speaker said, Bobby, you're really good at talking to people. Have you ever thought about doing speaking? I was like, no, 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 I'm trying to build my career in corporate. And then uh, the second time I was doing a corporate thing and I did an offsite. I volunteered to do an offsite. I did like this team building event and people, and people were like, Bobby, that was so great. Like you, you related everything back to the business and you were so great facilitating. You, you taught us a lot. I really thought about becoming a speaker. And I was like, no, no, I'm trying to build my corporate career. And then when I finally left the corporate world, you know, I projected it like it wasn't working. I wasn't fitting in. I talked to my four best friends. I called them the council room and I said, guys, I'm not sure what I want to do. And they're like, have you ever thought about becoming a professional speaker? And I'm like, you know what? I have because. Why do you say that? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because and then when I did my personal brand and said, "Wow, okay, people nurturing, performing, presenting. Okay, you know what? Let's do this." Now, how did I start? I mean, for me back then, it was harder to start because you know I didn't have as much stuff as people do have now. But essentially, I sent out three thousand an email to three thousand people to announce my business. I then sent out five hundred brochures to all the people in my connection. I'd actually before even LinkedIn, I actually had. Uh, I linked it. Sorry, I had an Excel sheet where I, where I kept track of people's addresses and names. Mm-hmm. Years, so I was really good at that. So I just did that. I leveraged that, and then next thing you know, I started getting tons of referrals here and there. Now, I would do it differently now, I think, if if I did it. But that's why when I coach people now, like my, I have a speaker mastermind program where I coach speakers on how to build systems and processes. 
one of the things that I'd say if you're going to want to become a speaker, number one, you have to know uh, your, your topic of expertise. What's your brand in terms of what's your branded speaker story and topics of expertise? Like what are the three things? My mentor told me years ago, he said, come up with your, your three main topics, Bobby. And I did. And the first one was called the three P's of leadership. And the other two, I don't even remember because I never did them. I did the first one, the three P's of leadership twice. And then I evolved because the second piece is you have to know who your target is. So who's the target? How do you serve them? What are they looking for? And then come up with a brand story and profile that's going to really make you stand out. And the third thing is knowing how to pitch your business. So that's something that is very difficult. And so I learned the hard way, the long and hard way about doing it to, you know, how to send the right message, how to pick the right people, where, where to find the good opportunities, particularly if you want to get paid. Um, it's, it's easy to get a job speaking, not being paid. You just go back to your high school and say, hey, I want to do a talk, and they'll say yes. But if you want to get paid, it's a little bit more a strategic thing. So for people who want to do it, you know, make sure you have a strong profile, strong brand, a strong, uh, you know, a setup in terms of demo reel or a, a sell sheet or even your website, and then make sure you learn how to pitch really effectively. Yeah, this is all this is all really good advice, and I'm I'm putting that into practice as well. So I'll probably hit you up offline and and pick your brain on that. And those are some really tremendous pieces of advice. So switching gears, let's get a little bit personal here. You know, we, we talked about failing and, and we talked about learning to fail. You know, what was your biggest or what has been your biggest career failure, and what did you learn from that, Bobby? My biggest career failure. Well, hmm. uh, I think that I would say my biggest career failure really was trying so hard to. Um, fit in and try to be successful in a, in a situation that wasn't going well for myself. And I think I never stood up for, I, it was really weird because, you know, being someone who's very passionate, energetic and seeing on stage, it would be hard for me to imagine that when I was actually in the corporate workspace, I was quiet. <laughs> I never talked. Crazy. People like, and my friends were like, Bobby, you like, what do you, why don't you talk? You don't say anything. What is wrong? And, and I couldn't even figure it out. Like I didn't know why I couldn't talk. And, you know, I'll tell you the, the, the biggest, Thing that happened one time was I had my first ever panic attack in, in the workplace. It kind of freaked me out. And I went to my boss, boss's boss, my director, and he started t- talking to me and chewing me up for screwing up something. And I had this panic attack and I couldn't even tell him, but I couldn't even tell him. And then when I saw him later, I couldn't tell what happened. I was so embarrassed. I, was, I felt shame for what, I, what I'd done. And I, I couldn't believe, even after that, I couldn't stand up to him and t- tell him exactly what was going on. Interesting. So, so for me, the, the biggest fail for me was just not being able to stand up for myself and being stuck in that narrative and not just, you know, standing for who I am, what I wanted. And I think uh, that served me badly in the sense that I spent far too much time in situations that I didn't have to. Yeah. Good for you, man. I mean, it was, it was a complete pivot. And, and those are the type of situations in your job and your life that build those calluses that make you stronger. So switching it up a little bit again, I want to talk about LinkedIn live for a moment. Um, I think it's, it's tremendous. And I think in the right hands, it's going to add a lot of value. I also, you know, my point of view on it is I do not think they should roll it out to everybody because what's going to happen is that it's going to just clutter. It's going to clutter the feed. So unless LinkedIn has a plan where it's an opt-in, where I could opt-in to view Bobby or anybody else out there, that's a good thing. But if it's just omnipresent in my feed, um, I, I'm kind of scared of what that's going to go. So talk a little bit about, I, I love your daily feed. What's, what's your approach? What's your strategy? What are you looking to do with LinkedIn Live? So my general uh, idea is that, you know, I think there are, I mean, whether it's LinkedIn Live uh, or even videos, I mean, you have to create value. And so there's going to be people that are not creating as much value and other people are creating a lot. So my point is, how do I create the most value? Number one, I have to have a clear topic in mind that I want to get into and dive into. So I typically spend about five, sorry, not, but maybe 10, 15 minutes talking about that topic. Uh, I Engagement is really important and responsiveness because the whole point of LinkedIn Live is people like the kind of 
accessible thing right away. So, yeah, they can ask questions, they can poke Right, around. so one of the big things too is I make sure there's engagement. Uh, I, look, I look at the questions and the feed and the comments and I try to engage them as much as possible. Uh, and then the third thing is to create some consistency around it because you know I'm trying to build up uh, more followers around what I'm doing to demonstrate my expertise in my areas of speaking, personal branding, entrepreneurship and whatnot and career development. And so for me, that's one of my main objectives to, to try to build it up. Uh, and then in terms of your, your question about, you know, who should access it, you know, it's interesting because I mean, all the other platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter give access to everybody. But you know, one thing that Instagram does is for certain things is like uh, IGTV or some of the other right. things that have, uh, you know, sharing a link with something, you have to have a certain level of expertise or uh, uh, followership in order before you get it. So there's maybe something there that links to say, well, you know, once you have a certain number of followers, let's say like, you know, 5,000, 10,000 followers, then we'll give you LinkedIn Live access. I'm not saying that's the right way to go, but that might be something to consider. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. So, Bobby, bringing it home here, two questions that I ask every guest that comes on the podcast. What, what is your superpower? I'm not asking, you know, if you could fly or be invisible, right? But, like, what is your superpower that makes you special and different than everybody else? Great question. Um, I'll give you two answers. So, the general answer I've always said is I unlock people's souls. What that means is, is that I have the ability to talk to anybody and create an environment of trust and vulnerability and authenticity that they're willing to share their most personal vulnerable lives with me. And I do it very, very fast. I have people come to my place to just talk about their challenges with their marriages or challenges with their careers and they're, and they're breaking down and crying. And it's because I create, and I always ask, well, why are you here? Because it's not like they're my best friend. These are just people who are in my network, but they feel as they can trust me. So that's one. And then the second thing I'll say, my answer for my superpowers is I have three. I am a, my one is, uh, I'm a, I'm a great dad, I'm a great hugger, and I'm a great speaker. And those are my three world-class powers. I love it, man. That's great. And Bobby, when, when things are going great and you want to show gratitude and when things are not going great, you're having a rough day, something's not going your way, what do you look to? What is, what is your North Star? Hmm. Well, uh, you know, I always have my why statement that provides me focus in terms of what I want to do. I always have my support network. So I'm really big on my support network in terms of the, you know, my, my wife and my kids, my family, my best friends that I can reach out to and they're always there for me. I often use social media as that tool. I'll typically post on Facebook and say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with my health. I'm struggling with this business decision or whatever. And they come to, come to my, my support in spades. And so for me, uh, that why statement keeps me focused on what I'm trying to do and why I'm doing it and the, the value I provide. And number two, my support network is there to really um, you know, show me the way and give me the guidance that I need to, you know, take my life to a better level. So when I struggle, those are two things I look to do. That's awesome. Bobby, this has been tremendous. So much value, so much tactics, high level, actionable, fantastic. I really appreciate it. And in closing, everybody, you know, inspiration and motivation comes in many forms. Some know where to find it and others continue to search. Sometimes all it takes is one nugget, one kernel of insight to light your fire. But when you do catch that fire, do something with it. Take action. Make a change for the better, whether it be in your career or your personal life, just do it. Take that action. Bobby, thank you for inspiring me to take action, to continue to put myself out there, build my brand, go after those you know, public speaking opportunities. And I know I have a lot to give back and hopefully this platform will give me the opportunity to share my voice. And to my listeners, I truly hope that you have found value in what Bobby has to say. He speaks from the heart and a wealth of human experience. And I'm truly honored to have him on the show today. And I hope that we can continue to build our relationship. Bobby, tremendous. Again, awesome. Where could folks connect with you? Where could they find you? And I'll certainly have the links below. 
Thanks for that kind words. I really appreciate that. Uh, again, you can connect with me. I have my website, I have three main websites. One is my um, uh, rayallen.com, which is my main speaker website. I also have my personal branding website called dypb.ca, and I also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash bobbyumar, which is where I give career development advice and exclusive information. You can also connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, my handle is Bobby, but I'm always happy to connect with anybody. And that's awesome, and I'll connect that below. Bobby, I really appreciate coming on. Let's do this again soon, and maybe we'll take it a little bit deeper. We'll dig in uh, you know, a few levels down. We can talk about some ideas there. And to everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Please subscribe. Follow all the social media channels below. I'll have all the links. Remember, take your online, offline. Thanks for joining us, and catch us next week for another amazing episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.